Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 26, which Peter just read. And when I thought of this passage of Scripture, you read through it, and there's a ton here, but really it's about a business meeting, isn't it? You know, this week, I, like I said, I had the pleasure of going all the way to Wisconsin to a place called Osceola, to an old uh, Air Force barracks, Air Force place, and uh, it has been turned into a, re- a, a retreat center. And uh, there, there was about 200 pastors and missionaries that we got together. And the, and, and the, uh, the theme of the week was friendship. Friendship with your wife, friendship with your church, friendship with your community. And we went through that, and uh, it, was, it was neat to watch and to hear. Uh, I wish my best friend could have been there, but obviously she had to stay here. But it was neat to see how God uses other people in your lives. He uses them to bring you joy, to bring you sometimes uh, discipline, to bring many different things to do what he wants to do in your life, okay? And today we're going to take a look at, at the organization of the first church. We're going to look through the first thing that they did was they had a prayer meeting. Second thing, they had a, a business meeting, and then they prepared for the next time that they were going to meet Jesus face to face. And the, 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 the theme today is foundation, uh, a foundation that was set of the organization of this church. And we're going to focus a lot on verse 14 through 16. And we can read them there. Why don't we read them together? Yeah, can, can you see them? It's on page seven, 770 in the Bible in your pews. Or we can read this one together if you can see it. So Acts 1, 14 to 16 says this, these all with one mind were conditionally devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. At this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren. A gathering about one about 120 persons was there together and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. So those, those, that's kind of the, the key verse that we're going to look at. But we're going to look at, of course, all 12 through 26. But let's take a look at this first thing. I, I guess my, my question to you is this. I want you to, 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 to think about these things. What was and is the direction of the church? What was and is the direction of Elam Lutheran? What is the desire for Jesus for his bride, the church? Okay? What is the definition of friendship, the definition of family, the definition of community and church? I looked them up. This is what the dictionary says, okay? Friends, one attached to another by affection or esteem or not hostile, or, or not hostile one that is in the same nation, party, or group. That's a friend. Family, a group of people united by certain convictions or a common affiliation or a group of individuals living under one roof and usually under one head. Community, the people with common interests living in a particular area or a group of people with a common characteristic of interest living together with 
in a large society, and finally, church, a public divine worship or a body of, or organization of religious believers, the whole body of Christians. What do these things have in common? What do you think? What do they have in common? It talks about that everybody is different, but they still are focused on the main thing, on one thing, on one thing. They are focused on one thing which should be, and I hope it is, Jesus. Okay? We are friends. We are family. We are community. We are a church. Got it? Pretty simple so far, right? Everybody following? Okay. Well, what are the things that we've been starting? Over the last three or four weeks, we have talked about the four pillars, right? The four pillars are fervent prayer, right? Number two, worshiping together. Number three, fellowshipping together. And number four, daily focus on soul Saving, okay, you got that one. Reaching people for Christ. Doing what it takes to reach and disciple people for Jesus. So right now, we are starting an evangelism movement, aren't we? Jesus has started the movement, and he's pushing us in a way to respond. As family, as friends, as a community, and as church. Pretty simple so far, right? Okay, good. All right. So when we think of those things that we, are, that we are called to do, those are things that are heavy law, of course. We are supposed to be fervent in prayer. We're supposed to be worshiping, fellowshipping, and daily focus on winning souls. We are called to take it to the streets. I'm not going to play the song again. I, I, you know, I already had enough people. I, I could not believe all the pastors that listened to, our, to our, our, our messages. They're like, you really played Doobie Brothers? Really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to probably do it again eventually. But we were called to take it to the streets. But we also see that there is a foundation. There is a fulfillment of prophecy. And today we are looking at the planning or organizing of the first church, the first community, that continues to do what Jesus has designed it to do and to be. So the first thing they do, guess what's the first thing they did? Chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. I'll read it to you. 12 through 15 says this. They returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of, of Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, and that is Peter and, Jan, and John and James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. They were all one mind. They were a community. Okay? They were all of one mind, continually devoting themselves, guess what, to? Prayer along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then Peter stood up in the, months, in the, the midst of, of, of everyone, a gathering of about 120 persons were there and said, Brethren, the Scripture has been fulfilled, 
with the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas. He became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. So here we see the 11 apostles are there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the other godly women were there. The half-brother of Jesus was there. All in all, about 120 people. After Jesus was taken into heaven, the disciples immediately returned, because that's what he told them to do, right? He told them, return and do not leave, right? And they had a prayer meeting. They had a prayer meeting. Jesus said that he, would be, that he was going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit in just a few days, so they waited and they prayed, what was the very first thing that they said we must do? And that was to get on their knees and pray. Wow. Guess who taught them that? Jesus taught them that. Every time he was like, hold on a second, got to go pray. Time out, got to pray. Feeling a little beat up, got to go pray. I need to talk to my dad, I got to go pray. He didn't say, well, let me sit and think about it for a second. All right, well, this is what I think we should do. Let me, let me make it, put it into a whole uh, itinerary and then bring it to the Lord. Lord, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Hmm. You want to hear God laugh? Tell him your plans. Serious. I've done it. His laugh is like, <laughs> you stupid little person. He says, listen to me. So what do they do? They get on their knees and they pray. They get on their knees and they pray. They all get to one place and they get on their knees and they pray. At this time, Jesus' brothers were with the disciples. And during Jesus' lifetime, guess what? They had not believed that he was the Messiah. John chapter 7, verse 5 says this, For none, even his brothers, were believing in him. But after the resurrection... They were all pretty convinced, weren't they? Jesus' special appearance to James, one of his brothers, may have been an especially significant event in their conversation. If, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 11. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 11. For I declare to you, as of first importance that I also received that Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He had raised on the third day according to Scripture, and He appeared to, 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 to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, mostly of whom remained until now, but have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, to the one untimely born, he appeared to me also. This is Paul. Used to be Saul. For I am the least of the apostles. I'm not fit to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove, did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me, whether when it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Can you imagine? 
I'm going to tell you again. And then I'm going to tell you again in 1 Timothy. And I'm going to tell you again how much I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But because of God's grace, mercy, and love, he is putting me into action. And so what did the disciples do? They went to the upper room and they prayed. We don't know what to do. You told us to come here and to wait. So we're going to wait. Our first business meeting is going to start with prayer. Hmm. What a concept. When we face a difficult task, an important decision or a baffling dilemma, don't rush into work and just hope it comes out the way it should. Instead, make your first step prayer. Prayer for the Holy Spirit's power and his guidance. Anybody ever just try and outrun God? Thank you. I think we all have done it once in a while, haven't we? We probably still do it. Run ahead of God. Try and do what he tells us. Or we, let's just say, we let God do what we tell him to do, right? Oh, by the way, God, in case you forgot, I need a little help. But now think about this. These disciples just saw him leave. The angels came alongside and talked right to him, didn't they? Two guys in white we're standing there going, did you just see that? It was pretty sweet, wasn't it? Guess what? He's going to come back the same way. And you know what they did immediately? He told us to go back and pray and to wait. So let's go. So we go on a journey back to the upper room. Go in, start praying. Start praying, praying, praying some more. Not just the eleven. Not just the 11, because this small group of 11, go to the next slide. Next one now, sorry. There it is, the 12th man. Now we're on the 12th man. I know you'd like that today. I even wore my Seahawks socks today, even though I really wanted to wear Raiders stuff. They're playing the Vikings right now, so I better hurry up. Anyways, this, these group of 11, they needed their 12. But it had gone now from 11 to over 120. 120 people. The main order of business was to now appoint that new disciple, that number 12. The apostles had 11 that were called. And while the apostles waited, they were doing what they could do. They were praying, seeking God's guidance, and getting organized, waiting on the Lord to work. To work does not always mean sitting around and doing nothing. We must do what we can while we can, and as long as we don't, like I said before, run ahead of God. But here, this is what's going on. Why do they have to get that 12? Why? <clears throat> because of Judas. Judas decided to be... Uh, Judas decided to be that guy who goes ahead and guides them to Jesus and says, let me kiss him on the cheek. That's the dude. Take him away. Give me my money. Right? Gives them the money. 
And guess what happened? Conviction hits. What did I just do? Oh, no. To the point where he tried to go back and give it back, right? Here, give, take, take the money back. Just give me Jesus back. Right? Sorry. It's already done. But guess what? It was a fulfillment of prophecy. It was already said that this was what was going to happen. And now they have to replace that guy. Because what happens to him? Doesn't live very long, does he? With his money in his hand, money didn't buy happiness. And now he's dead. Over 30 pieces of silver. Wow. So now they have to find another. And as they're waiting, as they're waiting in the upper room, as they sit there and they're praying and they're coming together, they had to look and they had to act upon, again, replacing that number 12 and bring somebody else in. How could someone like Judas been so, so awful so that, that he, he was with Jesus every day? How could Jesus betray him? Jesus had the same calling and the same teaching as everyone else. But he chose to reject Jesus. Judas had hardened his heart and joined in the plot of Jesus' enemies to put him to death. He remained unrepented to the end, and he finally committed suicide. Like I said, it was predicted, but Judas did choose. Can you imagine one of your close friends, a person that you've been with for so long, steps away? Does that happen in our lives? Do we have anybody in our lives that was deceived? Because what does the devil do? What does the devil do? He's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil does three things. Deceives, destroys, and brings dissension. 120 people are in this room. The one that the devil got was gone. And now they were locked down. We're praying it out. We're finding the 12th. We're waiting on the Lord. So they bring two guys in. Two guys in. And they say, here's the two. Matthias was a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ. He was there the whole time. He loved Jesus. He lived a life that was pleasing unto God, unto Jesus. He also sat there and he was one of them alongside that was coming alongside. Guess what, this group right here? You're the next generation of our church. What? Yeah. You're going to need to come alongside the generation in front of you and wait for God to use you. That's what Matthias did. 
He was there learning, enjoying, following. And eventually they came up and they said, we've got two guys, here they are, here and here. Two amazing men. And Matthias was chosen. He was the twelfth. So we see, here we see two things that, have, that has happened. That Jesus, was when he was on earth, he showed them how to do it. He showed them how to pray. He then showed them how to manage together and to be together. One of my favorite parts of Scripture is 1 Timothy. You know that. But I love how it goes through what, what is needed in, in, to be a leader of the church, to be a, a deacon or an elder, okay? One of them that really hits my home, hits my button really hard, is the one where it says the, 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 the person needs to manage his household well. What does that mean, you think? It means bad things are going to happen. But when you listen to the Lord, he's going to teach you how and train you where to go next. To provide, protect, and give you power. Okay? That's what happened here. Peter stood up and said, here it is, everybody. The leader stood up and managed his household well. And everybody in that community, all of one mind, knew what they were supposed to do. So why? Why are we saying this? Next slide. There it is. You see that? That was perfect timing, wasn't it? That was cool. Did we get that on video? That's awesome. Anyways, here's this. The next one is about the next meeting coming. The next meeting, that's what this, this whole thing is about, is meeting Jesus. Because they're about to meet his Holy Spirit. That's going to be coming very shortly. Actually, next week. But the next meeting is the meeting of Jesus, meeting him again. So they're preparing. They had a prayer meeting. Then they went and had a business meeting. And now they're planning the next meeting. What do you think is the fastball coming right down the pipe right now? We're going to say it really quick. We're going to say it all together. John 3, 16 and 17. You want to do it or shall I? How about we all do it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not, but have. For he did not come in this world to judge the world, but to save the world. There's the reason. There's the end. There's the end to the means. There it is. We're having a prayer meeting. We're having an organizing meeting because we are focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's meeting Jesus. Church, I'm asking you, do you want to meet Jesus? I can't wait. I want to meet him today. I'm serious. I would have no problem missing the Viking Raider game if I can meet Jesus. I know I talk about the Raiders way too much. But it's meeting Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. Face to face. I saw the coolest picture this morning. I was, I was just on my, on my phone or tablet, whatever I'm I do in the morning, and I'm looking at pictures of meeting Jesus. And there was one, and I didn't, I didn't put it up there, but there's this one of this, of this, this middle-aged person. Looks like they've been, they've got some city miles on them, if you know what I mean. But they're in a deep embrace with Jesus. Tears coming down, and it is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Meeting Jesus face to face, and having him pull you in, and hold you tight. Because guess what you're doing right here, right now? You're being prepared. 
You're being taught the word of God. You're being shown that Jesus loves you with his what? Here we go. The vehicle in which Jesus shows you his grace, mercy, and love is called the means of grace. They are grace, mercy, love, GML, grace, mercy, love. We see that in Holy Scripture. We see that in the the sacraments of the altar, and we see it in baptism where he says, I love you no matter what. That's how much I love you. The business meeting. The business meeting where Jesus is with his friends, where they have put their full trust, their full love, their full faith in Jesus, and were given a beautiful gift. And the gift was what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary. Acts chapter 1 is about Jesus in the middle of everything, in the middle of preparing, in the middle of ascending, and in the middle of their meeting. Elam, we need Jesus in the middle of everything. Everything. From putting planters together outside, to vacuuming the church, to worshiping together, to small groups, to when you go home today. Jesus needs to be right in the center. Do you have him? Because if you don't have him, I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer. Everybody close your eyes and bow your heads as we talk to the Lord. Father God, I thank you and I love you. And Lord, if there is anyone in this room or anyone that, is, that can hear my voice that wants to be your child that doesn't know for sure. Lord, I'm asking for you to have them pray this simple prayer in their mind, in their heart. Heavenly Father, I confess that I have sinned against you and I need your salvation. Please forgive all my wrongdoings and let me live in a relationship with you from now on. I do receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, fully trusting the work that you accomplished once and for all on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for saving and accepting me and help me to live a life that is pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.